The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show. As you know, we are celebrating National Epilepsy Awareness Month. And today we have a real star on the show. We have a woman known nationally for her work as an advocate for children and adults with epilepsy. She is a real champion. This woman's passion and dedication is unbelievable. I know her personally. I'm going to tell you. Here's how I describe her. She's the real deal. She's genuine. So it gives me great pleasure to have as our guest today the CEO of the Epilepsy Foundation of Texas, Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth, Miss Donna Stallhunt. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Joy. It is my pleasure to join you today. Well, it's our honor to have you. And Donna, how about since we have listeners throughout the world, why don't we start by you telling everyone how you first became involved with the Epilepsy Foundation? Certainly. When um, my little boy was five years old, he began having uncontrolled daily horrific seizures that were devastating to him, were devastating to my family, and we had no place to turn. This was over 30 years ago, and at that time, there was no Internet that I could do research on, and there weren't any books in the library, and there was no Epilepsy Foundation in Texas where I lived. And so for four agonizingly long years, uh, my family struggled alone with this horrific, heartbreaking condition and watched our little boy um struggle with many medications, with the side effects from one, from medications. At one point, he was on five medications, and I remember watching him at my sister's wedding. He was the ring bearer, and he was standing up there in front, and everyone in the wedding party was saying, Derek, stay awake, stay awake, because he was ready to fall over. He was so tired from all those medicines. The seizures went on like that until he was eight years old, and we learned that he might be one of the lucky people who could be who could have the seizure stopped with surgery. And so, just days after his ninth birthday, Derek had his very last seizure on the way to the operating room or the surgery that would stop his seizures forever. He is 36 years old now, and he has been seizure-free and off his medications for all those years 
Oh, that is so awesome. That is so awesome. But go ahead, proceed with your story. And um, and but during that time when we were going through these horrific seizures, daily seizures, um, we we didn't. All we could do was just try to cope. And I couldn't look ahead to the future because the future looked so dire and gloomy. Um, but once we got through that. And we felt so blessed that our lives were totally changed, and Derek's life was totally changed. Um, with the help of my son's physicians and some friends, we formed a board of directors and decided to put a phone in my kitchen, and I started answering calls from people who would be calling at the other end of the line with all kinds of issues and problems associated with her epilepsy. And that's how the Epilepsy Foundation of Texas, Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth got started. What a story. What a story. Because, folks, you have no idea now how large these chapters are that she's the CEO over. And even when I heard that part about the phone in your kitchen, Donna, that is probably so hard for you to believe when you think back. (laughs) You know what I mean? It is hard to believe when you think about it. You know, I remember sitting there looking at that phone and wondering if it would ever ring. Um, It started ringing, and it hasn't stopped since. Um, But in the start, all I could really do was to listen to these terrible stories and listen to in. The, the agony that was being poured out over the phone as I just listened. Um, but now we have so many more programs and services that we can offer families, uh, kids with epilepsy and adults with epilepsy. Right, right. Well, Donna, let me ask you, uh, we are live on Twitter um, as we are on Facebook. We're, you know, feel free, folks, send in your questions or call in. Uh, but we have a question for you here, and it is, from a uh, Linda in Tennessee, and the question is, uh, Donna, it's wonderful what you're doing to help people with epilepsy. My question for you is, what gave you the motivation to not care about what people would think? Um, the, you know, I didn't have such an issue with that. I was visiting yesterday with the mother of a of two daughters who are about the same age as my son. And um, she had an option in her life because her daughters had absence or petty mal seizures that people weren't aware that anything was going on. I didn't have the option of hiding my son's condition from anyone because it was out there. One day he had 60 seizures in one day. How many? 60. And so that was not an option for us not to talk about it. We were always forced to talk about it. And this was at a time when people simply were not talking about it. Donna, how did he make it with 60 in one day? Well, you know, the, the magical part of all of that was that was a really obviously terrible day. Usually we had maybe a seizure a day, sometimes three, four, something like that. But... um Oh, my goodness. Just so you know, if you're listening to this show, a seizure a year is too many. Absolutely. I mean, a seizure a year is way too many. But four in a day, ten in a day, let alone 60, I know what they're like. 
that that is unbelievable. It is also, by the way, unbelievable to me that you had no one, nothing, nowhere to go. And that's right. I mean, I was living in the fourth largest city in the United States, in Houston, and there was no epilepsy foundation here. I mean, that it was incredible to me. Um, and I didn't know there was a national organization, the Epilepsy Foundation. I really didn't know where to turn. But the beauty of those 60 seizures, as, as horrible as that was, was that that was the turning point in our lives because when he was having the seizures, he then was hooked up to an EEG, and we were able to see the beginning of a seizure. And, and we discovered that it was in a localized area of the brain that could be surgically removed. And that was the saving thing for that because he had never had a seizure on an EG where they could see the start. I see. I see. And so, you know, this puts it in perspective, folks. When you think of people that are elderly today who are today in their 70s or their 80s who do not even want to say the word epilepsy, Keep in mind what she's saying. Only 30 years ago, there was no, she or she is in this huge city. There's no affiliate. And again, as she pointed out, there was no Internet at that time. So really, there would be nowhere to go to do anything, to find out anything. I um, Houston has a, a massive medical center. And what I ended up doing was going down to the medical center library and trying to read whatever I could about epilepsy. My son had wonderful doctors because... Um, Houston has some of the premier neurologists in the country, um, but but there was no, nothing beyond that medical care. There was no support system. There was nobody else who knew what I was going through, um, and that was really when I decided that we were going to start something. It was really to serve as that support system for other parents or adults who were struggling with this condition. And by the way, Donna, before we go to break today, where are all the uh, sites that you are working with? Um, we have, um, because we run medical clinics, we have sites in Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth, Lufkin, Tyler, Beaumont, and Gallup. It's wow. 104 and, and you are the epilepsy affiliate in Houston, but you're also merged with Dallas. That's right. Dallas Fort Worth. We emerged with them, and um, and that has been a wonderful, wonderful <laughs> uh, project for us. I would have to describe it as a project. It has been very beneficial for both cities. And you know, it's so great when people are willing to work together, because sometimes people have to get over the territorialism and just realize how much more you can do if you work together. But thinking, wow, how beneficial that is. I mean, those two huge cities that you're over. Absolutely. Absolutely. With people in both cities needing the same kinds of services and programs. And Fort Worth is right there. It's right oh, there. Yes. Fort Worth uh, and Dallas are connected. And that that major metropolitan area, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, is actually larger, even though Houston is larger of all the cities. That complex area up there is larger than the Houston area. Yes. Well, you know, it is sad what happened in Fort Hood, Donna, uh, Texas, and 
I just want to say a special condolence to all of those people because I know today is going to be the ceremony uh, for them. And so I want to make sure that I extend my wishes to them and our thoughts and our prayers to them. Um, and also, we're getting ready tomorrow for Veterans Day. And we'll be talking about that later, but let me tell you, many of our soldiers coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan are people who end up with epilepsy. So that's very near and dear to our heart. But right now, we're going to go to break, and then we'll be right back. Hey, if you just tuned in, we're talking today to Ms. Donna Stallhut, the Executive Director of the Epilepsy Foundation of Texas, Houston, Dallas, and Fort Worth. And she is committed to quality of life for children and adults with epilepsy. You're listening to Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at Voice America. Dot com as we celebrate National Epilepsy Awareness Month. We'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice. What if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. If you can't put down a good mystery novel, you'll want to check out Mystery Matters with Fran Stewart. Each week, you'll hear from the top mystery writers of our time. From suspense thrillers to forensics, you'll explore all of the categories that make a great mystery work. Not only will we discuss the secrets of the story, but we'll go behind the novel to sort out all of the pieces of the puzzle. Broadcast live each Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Mystery Matters, where murder is an open an ordinary sunny day, an ordinary family's living room filled with an ordinary bunch of kids, and they were doing nothing. They were couch slouching, they were rug imitating, and lazy minute after lazy minute was passing them by, when suddenly... Huh? Hey guys, that's a personal foul. An active activity on a sunny day. Coming to the rescue was NFL running back Reggie Bush. Players don't get lazy penalties. Let's play. Those kids, they listened to Reggie. They got up and play they did. There was fun and running. There were smiles and jumping. And laziness was crushed. Hey kids, don't get a lazy penalty. Kids, listen to Reggie and avoid lazy penalties. Be a player. Get up and play for an hour a day. Go online to check out smallstep.gov for fun playtime ideas. So you can be a player, too. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Be a player. 
Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than three million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. We are celebrating National Epilepsy Awareness Month. And as you all know, I am the national chair of the Epilepsy Foundation. But here's what's more important. I'm a woman living with epilepsy, and I am not ashamed to talk about that. And that is why I am so excited today to have as our guest Donna Stallhut, the CEO of the Epilepsy Foundation in Texas, Houston, Dallas, and Fort Worth. And as I mentioned early on the show, the best way I can describe this woman is she's the real deal. You know, I always say, give me the parent of a child with epilepsy and look out. There's no stopping the person and what can happen. And, and Donna, I do love working with children, as you well know. I, I love young people. And I know that you have some tremendous camps in Texas, and I wonder, would you mind taking a moment to talk about those? I would love to. You know, camp camp is really my love, and um, and I think that's reflected in the fact that we have such an outstanding camping program. We started doing camp in 1991, and in 1991, my son's pediatric neurologist, who he uh, was not seeing at that point, um, said to me, you know, we really need to do a camp for kids with epilepsy, and it needs to be free. And I said, well, you know, we don't have any money, um, so I can't envision how we can do this. And he said, we will do a camp, and it will be free. And this was in January, and we ended up doing a camp in June that year, and we took 40 kids with epilepsy off to camp where they had the most fantastic experience. I had thought camp was just about having fun and having a good time, but once I was there and I saw what an impact this had on kids with epilepsy. There was no stopping us. So we grew and grew, and each year our camps got bigger, and we started recruiting more and more counselors and a whole medical team that goes with us. So this year, um, Camp Spike and Wave is going to be in June. We use a beautiful, handicap-accessible camp outside Brenham, Texas, and we'll be taking 180 kids to camp, and they will all go at no cost. Because medic, because those those people who deal with epilepsy every day realize it is a very expensive disorder. Medications cost a fortune. Families are struggling just to put food on the table, let alone pay the cost of medication, and they do not have the financial resources to provide this kind of an experience to their camp, uh, to their child. Not only that, but they don't. They're afraid to let this child go off with a bunch of people that they don't know for a week of camp. 
And so um, over the years, our camps have grown to an enormous size. We Camp Spike and Wave is for 8- to 14-year-olds, and we take a team, uh, a medical team with us. A pediatric neurologist is on site at all times. Camp Kaleidoscope takes place up near Dallas this year in July, and we'll be taking 90 teenagers to camp with us, and we have a whole medical team and a whole new fleet of counselors who go with us to that. Oh, that is so great. That is, like, What are some of the things you do at the camp, Donna? Oh, we have just the kinds of normal activities that kids do at camp. They climb high ropes courses. They swim. Um, they are out in canoes. They do archery. They ride bicycles. They go horseback riding. Um, and they get to make friends with other kids who have seizures. I mean, they all tell us they've never before known anybody else who had epilepsy. And in the early years when we were doing camp, I was visiting with a mother who had a 12-year-old girl, and she was talking to me about um, sending her child off to camp, and she was concerned about it. And I said, well, you know, has she um, has she ever gone to, to a camp before? And she said, oh, no, she has never spent a night away from home before. She sleeps in the same bedroom with her father and I. Um, so that oh. really told me how critical mm. this was to give the self-confidence to those kids to realize that they could do what anybody else could do and that their parents would have um, the confidence to know that it was okay to separate from the child. Imagine that. See, you can't imagine what that is like, that loss of independence and something like this is so awesome what it does for young people. And if you live in Texas and you're listening to the show, Donna, how would they get in touch with you if they are interested in sending someone to camp? Uh, they can call our toll-free number, 888-548-9716, or they could go to our website, um, www.ef as in Frank, tx.org, and, um, and just send us, send us a question, send us something so that we can get started on this process. It is, it is an amazing experience, and one of the things that makes it so amazing is that, I mean, I, I remember a little boy who, who was talking to me about he didn't want to lose his epilepsy um, because if he lost his epilepsy, he couldn't go to Camp Spike and Wave anymore. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Let me tell you, when these kids meet other kids that have epilepsy, it is so empowering because all of a sudden they know I'm not alone. I'm not alone. There are other people like me, and by the way, they're okay. So you know what? If you're listening to the show, when you think about writing a check, before the holidays and contribute to something very worthwhile. There are young people with epilepsy dealing with bullying, dealing with isolation every day. And it is these type of programs that allow them independence and freedom. Don't forget about that. And this is the Epilepsy Foundation of Texas. Um, and, Donna, I want to tell you, I don't know which one it's going to be, but I'm coming to one of those camps. I know you are, and we are so excited to have you there because, you know, we always try to have somebody who has epilepsy talk to the kids and so they can see a grown-up 
who is who is um, living independently, doing well, and who can be an inspiration and a role model for them. Well, I can't wait. I love those camps. I love those kids. I think it's just the greatest thing that there is. And I know you have a young lady that works with you, Kristen, who Absolutely. is phenomenal, who's yes. involved with all this. Yes. And Kristen started. Um, Kristen is our camp coordinator, and she started with us. As a, as she was a camper when she was 12 years old and came to camp. And then she um, became one of our counselors, and then she just kind of moved up the chain, and now she coordinates all of our camps. In addition, we have a family camp that's coming up this weekend, and we have some wacky winter weekends where um, in January for a weekend we take kids off for a weekend, and it's not just the child with epilepsy. It's the child's siblings who can go with us also. Oh, what do you do there? Well, it's the same kind of thing that we do at Camp Spike and Wave. It's just at a different level. And one of the things that makes this so invaluable is that people who are hesitant to let their child go for a week aren't as scared to do it for a weekend. And even if they can send a brother or sister along so they feel more comfortable that there are two kids there. So we do that every winter, and um, and that uh, they're just fun. They're, They're just like Camp Spike and Wave, but on a two days. And let's hope, folks, this Chris is going to be on our show because she is also the head of the National Youth Council and on the board of the foundation. So young people with epilepsy, if you want to get involved, we do have a National Youth Council. We're always looking for more people, um, and we've got just tremendous leadership there in the organization and several right from this great state of Texas. And with that, we're going to get ready to go to break. Now, if you just joined us, we've been talking to Donna Stallhut, the Executive Director of the Epilepsy Foundation of Texas, Houston, Dallas, and Fort Worth. Let me tell you, tell everyone you know about this show, especially people living with epilepsy, because she is someone they need to know. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice where disability matters, and where we believe in National Epilepsy Awareness Month at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Voice counts. Call toll free 1 866 472 5787. 1 866 472 5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. Over there? Over there's the water. Whoosh, whoosh. 
And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand, and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks. But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, <laughs> she makes perfect sense. How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh-huh. It's hard to hold in your hand, isn't it? Uh-huh. Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn, so follow their lead. Take simple, everyday moments, like sorting laundry or playing on the beach, and turn them into learning moments. Is this water? No. Very good. This is sand. Oh, <laughs> no, no, it's not food. It's sand. We don't eat sand. <laughs> Turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at foreignlearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. I can take care of myself. I can make a peanut butter sandwich. I can brush my teeth and I can give myself a bath. I can walk home alone from school. I can pick dinner from the trash behind the deli. I can watch the baby for the whole weekend. I can keep a baseball bat by my bed just in case there's trouble. Don't worry about me. I can take care of myself. If you're in jail, who'll be there to take care of your family? Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. Welcome back. And you know what uh, Donna and I were talking about at break before we take this call? We were talking about Susan Axelrod. She was on the show last week and how she has done so much to help people with epilepsy by getting our name out there. Susan, um, if you're listening to the show, I just want to tell you I'm just so proud of everything you're doing. And I know... Susan speaking at the Epilepsy Affiliate in San Francisco this Saturday, and I know it'll be fantastic. But right now, I think we have a caller on the line. Hello? Judy. Yes. Hey, Judy, how you doing? Doing fine, Joyce. How are you doing? Seems like I just saw you a little bit ago. Yeah, I think we had breakfast together. <laughs> <laughs> and it Judy turned out to be a wonderful Taylor breakfast. is the executive director of the Epilepsy Foundation of Western and Central Pennsylvania and just the most wonderful person. Uh, and this morning, what she's talking about is she has a breakfast prior to our big event, the Mardi Gras, where she invites people to come. And it is just so amazing to me that you can walk in a room and see all these CEOs that she has uh, seated there. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful job that she's doing. But, uh, Judy, I... You didn't call to talk to me. You probably called to talk to the other lady on the line. I did. <laughs> what do you do? You're taking time from your busy job to talk to the honest help. No, I'm calling. How are you, Donna? I am good. It's so good to hear your voice. Well, it's so good to hear your voice. And, and, and Darla, I mean, not Darla. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Joyce, um, Donna and I sort of started out almost in the same way. You know, I started out as a one-person office, you know, just answering the phone and hearing people who have epilepsy, uh, you know, just having such a need to talk to someone and having no one to talk to about about the things that had happened to them. And I see myself 21 years later and the same things are still going on. Donna, what do you think? Absolutely. But I don't, but I think we're making more progress. Well, I think we are. And 
I know, I know the, the way that you eat an elephant is one bite at a time, but you know sometimes it's still frustrating when you're when you're dealing with either the public or employers or some doctors uh, that um, there just seems to be you know a, a gap, a treatment gap or a a societal gap. You know, we we still still have some gaps that we're dealing with. Absolutely. Absolutely. We still have a long ways to go. I remember when I first was starting this organization, I was speaking to one of the doctors who had come to Houston in the 60s, and he was telling me that when he first came here, he said he couldn't find anybody who had epilepsy. They wouldn't talk about it. They didn't have epilepsy in their family. They they never heard the word. Nobody would acknowledge it, except occasionally he said somebody would tell him, oh, I have a dog that has seizures, but that was as close (laughs) as they would get. And so I think, you know, when I look at the number of adults especially who, who live successful lives, who have seizures now and then, um, but but can, can but are very productive members of society like Joyce Bender mm-hmm. and other people in Houston and Dallas that I know who are now stepping forward and taking the lead on some of our initiatives. It gives me great hope for the future. It really does. And and do you think that's because some very public people have finally come out and discussed it? I think there's a, a large element to that, and I think the other thing that's happening is that people with epilepsy are becoming more radical in, in their fight um, well, that's good. To, to end discrimination, to end the stigma surrounding this disorder, and, and to find make changes. I, I think uh, it was only within the last couple, maybe ten years, that I've heard people actually talking about a cure for epilepsy. Absolutely, right. Now, before it was just like, what medication do, can, and, and they never gave surgery unless you were so bad that your brain had already almost, you know, stopped functioning. Then they would do surgery on you. And I think uh-huh. that they're introducing surgery earlier. Absolutely. Now, yeah. to in young children, uh, you know, like to, to stop the developmental delays. Uh, and there, there are a lot of good things that are going on, and I think, of course, uh, the Axelrods have have done so much uh, since uh, they came to Washington to 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 put a light on on how serious epilepsy can really be. Also, yes, and I and I applaud them for that because. Um, the articles that they have gotten in Newsweek and the messages they've gotten across on 60 Minutes has done so much to increase the awareness of epilepsy and the fact that it can be such a catastrophic condition. I mean, one seizure is too many. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Right. And, and, and you know what? I agree with you also about uh, Judy. I think that Susan has given great Headway, because as I was telling Donna, I mean, 60 Minutes and Parade and Newsweek, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, the more you hear about something, it's sort of like with Michael J. Fox talking about Parkinson's all the time. Right. And the more you hear about it, the more people, you know, get used to talking about it. And Greg Grumberg, you know, the work that Greg Grumberg is doing for us mm-hmm. uh, and so many other people. But it was interesting, Donna, that uh, at our recent meeting out of town, Someone said, why are people so ashamed to talk about epilepsy, yet if they are an alcoholic, they will say, I am an alcoholic. You know, I'm a reformed alcoholic. It's amazing. And and when I asked someone on the board that, guess what they said? Because you don't think of something, you know, demonic attached. 
Right, and you have control over not drinking. You don't have control of, over whether you're going to have a seizure or not. Mm-hmm. Now, you can say, I'm going to stop drinking, but you can't say, I'm going to stop having seizures. It's like the, the magistrate who, when we had a, a, a man arrested on the bus because he was having a complex partial seizure and was wandering around aimlessly, they thought that he was drunk or on drugs, and, you know, of course, when the police officers came, he put up a fight because he didn't know what was going on, and they handcuffed him and took him to jail. So we went to the hearing with him, and uh, the magistrate said, well, you know, all right, I'll let you go this time as long as you promise never to do that again. And it's just, oh. it's that sort of attitude, and yeah. you want to just take people and shake them. Well, and I think that um, I recently was talking to some people, and I mentioned um, the demonic possession thing, which you would believe was something from the ancient past that we don't still deal with today. But a few months ago, I had a phone call from one of the TV anchors um, at one of our TV stations here in town who has a wife who has epilepsy, and he had been speaking about it at a public meeting, and he said a lady um, handed him a note on a napkin and the note said, would you be willing to talk to my son um, because I have epilepsy and he believes that I am possessed by the devil and he won't let me see my grandchildren. Oh, my God. Oh. We do see things like that where parents won't let their have their other parents, the parent with epilepsy, have custody of the child or, or have unsupervised visits. It's just terrible. Oh, well, Judy, while you're on the line with Donna, here's a question right now from Twitter coming in. And the question is, what the heck do we have to do to get people over this demonic possession correlation with epilepsy? Talk about it. I have, yes. And I have always felt that people with epilepsy needed to be more angry. militant. Get angry about it. That's what I always say. Get militant. Yeah. I think we can get the parents to do it, but believe me, most adults who are controlled or semi-controlled, and because, um, and and I think Joyce knows this, because doctors at one time said, whatever you do, don't ever tell anyone you have epilepsy. Mm-hmm. And I know people who have had that burden on them for 40 years, and mm-hmm. they just had it lifted because they listened to someone like Alan Fanica, but they were so afraid all of their life that they might have a seizure in front of someone or someone might find out that they had epilepsy and you know wouldn't and they were told not to not to use the word yeah i'm one of them right. i was told that it's, and then i met my neurosurgeon and thanked him for the successful brain surgery i said i can't believe you know that i have epilepsy and he said don't ever say that you just say seizure disorder right i was almost angry when he told me and i said oh, oh yeah, okay, they, they, I won't they say were that. So, you know, if we can get to the doctors, but I've been trying for 21 years, it it doesn't, you know. Well, you know, when my son was diagnosed with epilepsy, he was not diagnosed with epilepsy. I'll never forget the doctor came into our hospital room and said, your son has a complex partial seizure disorder. Right. And I don't know why, but I said, is that epilepsy? And she said, yes, it is. But nobody would have used that word if I hadn't used it. Exactly. <laughs> and I, and I don't know, that. when Susan Axelrod talked about that, 
Remember she said that, that was her, that, daughter. You know, her daughter had severe seizures. Yes, and that then all of a the daughter had seizures, but then she saw the diagnosis of epilepsy and said, does she have that also? Yeah, she thought she had two <laughs> conditions. Uh-huh. Plus, he had a seizure disorder and epilepsy. Well, I will never forget. Well, one year um, we had a a young man. It was back in the years when we had winning kids, and we would select one child every year who would represent all the kids in this area, and and they would be affiliated with a national organization. And we had a family who came in to talk to us about it, and they said they had no idea that this little boy had epilepsy. Um, until the doctor told them that they should apply for this. And they said, we just thought he had a seizure disorder all this time. Right. And, and many people, especially older people, prefer the term seizure disorder. And many parents prefer that, too. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I well, guess there's a this, reason this is going to be a fight. To them, seizure disorder can almost sound like something different. You, know, you don't have epilepsy. You have a seizure disorder. You know, it's something different. But when people think epilepsy, yeah, they have that stigma, uh, that negativity attached. But, folks, if you're having seizures, you have epilepsy, okay? That's the way it is, and you do not need to be ashamed. And as both Judy and Donna said, we need to get mad about it. we got to get out there, and we've got to say, hey, come on. We're important, too. We want equal treatment, too, and we do not want to be discriminated against or treated Differently. Well, I think we should jump to the head of the line because we've been suffering, because this has been around for a long time, and nobody will talk about it. Well, we are now. I got to tell you, what Susan and David Axelrod has done is unbelievable, because so many people have even called me about the sixty minutes episode. Mm-hmm. Right. You well, know, in addition to the Newsweek and the Parade magazine. But I think we've got to do one thing, talk about it, just like Greg Grumberg says from the TV show Heroes. His son Jake has epilepsy, and he's our national celebrity, the, t- the star of Heroes on NBC, and he says talk about it. And that is what we have to do. The more you talk about it, the more you take away the big mystique. You know, just this morning I talked to high school students with disabilities about epilepsy, and I, and I told them, by the way, it's a myth about putting something in the person's mouth. They cannot swallow their tongue. I said, okay, everyone right now, try to do it. <laughs> As you, see, you can't. That is a mess. But that's part of the problem, lack of education. As part of uh, talk about it, um, I just had a, a dinner party in my home, and I invited a number of neighbors who always knew I was involved with the Epilepsy Foundation but didn't know why. And... What came out of that that just shocked me was that they were so startled that my son, Derek, had had epilepsy because he appeared like just a normal person to them. And they didn't envision that you could have epilepsy and be like he is. Well, that's so true. They that everyone is so true. But you don't look like you have epilepsy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I've heard that one many times. Let me tell you, many times I've heard that. Well, listen, we're going to get ready to go to break uh, All right, Judy, well, thank you so Judy. much for allowing me to talk so long to you, Donna. And, <laughs> thank um, you for calling, Judy. And I, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Good. Judy, keep up the good work. Thank you for calling in. Mm, bye-bye. And listen, we're going to get ready to go to break. We have had on our show today Donna Stallhut from the great state of Texas talking about epilepsy. We'll be right back to finish the show. 
This is Joyce Bender, a woman with epilepsy, as we celebrate National Epilepsy Awareness Month at voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. Don't go away. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, and ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. Son, we got to talk about drinking. I know. I don't want you touching alcohol till you're old enough. Yeah, I, I know, Dad. It's not a big deal. Don't yeah, I know me, okay? And it is a big deal. Underage drinking is just stupid. Yeah, well, why'd you do it? Look, I did it because we didn't know what we know now. Alcohol affects kids differently, okay? When kids drink, it's more dangerous. And you're my kid. And just because they drink doesn't mean you have to. I, I know. I know. Look, son, I'm trying to help. I've seen what it does. I mean, you may think you can handle it, but when you drink, it screws up your judgment. Listen to me. This is real. I, I know, okay? I know. Teenagers know everything. So talk about underage drinking before they know it all. Before they're teens. Start talking before they start drinking. And keep talking. To learn more about the dangers of underage drinking and what to say to your kids, go to StopAlcoholAbuse.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. In the great scheme of things, a minute isn't all that much, unless you happen to have a stroke. All of a sudden, those minutes count. Minutes that could mean losing your ability to talk, move, or walk. Which is why, if you can get help in time, your stroke can be treated. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face. If you experience this, call 911 immediately. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE today. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really bad. All the time, the number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back. You know this show this month, we're celebrating national... Epilepsy Awareness Month. And it has just been so wonderful for me to have Donna Stallhut as my guest because she's a woman that's really doing it. You know what I mean? She's really out there doing it. She's really making it happen. She's really out there where the rubber meets the road. And, and Donna, on behalf of all people with epilepsy and as the national chair, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate your leadership and everything you're doing for us. Well, that means a lot for me to hear that, Joyce. Thank you very much. Well, Donna, listen, I want to ask you just a few last questions. One, though, 
in case someone's listening to the show right now that is thinking, okay, in the next month or so I'm going to be making all my contributions for the end of the year, um, how would someone make a contribution to the Epilepsy Foundation of Texas? You can go online to www.e as in epilepsy, F as in foundation, T as in Texas, X as in xylophone.org, www.eftx.org. And when they go there, they'll be able to see where to go to make a contribution? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's very clear. All right. Now, listen, if you're listening to me about this, don't be thinking, oh, that wouldn't be me because I can't give that $25,000 contribution or that $10,000 contribution. Folks, I don't care how small it is. Everything counts. We accept all contributions. I always say if we had one million people in the United States and they all donated a dollar, we'd have a million dollars. So no matter what the donation is, why don't you take time to set some money aside for the Epilepsy Foundation of Texas? We, it really is important that we will keep helping all these young people and adults living with epilepsy. Uh, Donna, I wanted to ask you, what do you hope people will see? What do you want people to see as your legacy in Texas? You know, I, I have thought about this long and hard, and I, you know, what I really dream is that someday, People with epilepsy will not be afraid to talk about this terrible disorder, um, that all of the myths and the misinformation and the stigma surrounding with epilepsy will be gone, that people with epilepsy, if that were the case, could live full and productive lives without any discrimination, and that is... If we could get to that, I would be absolutely thrilled. Wouldn't that be a wonderful day? That would be so wonderful. Yes, it would. And you know what, folks? If you're an employer and you're even thinking, oh, I could never hire anyone with epilepsy, I've got news for you. They're working for you right now. You have no idea how many times I speak at a company and afterwards a person will come up to me and say, I'm not telling them but I've had epilepsy for the past 10 years. In other words, there's people you know that have epilepsy. It's just they're not telling you because of this stigma that's attached, and that's what Donna means we have to change. And, Donna, you are so accomplished. I mean, what you've done in Texas, I know my good friend Mark Nini speaks so highly of you, and I know you have done so much in the state of Texas and nationally to help people living with epilepsy, children and adults. And remember, folks, although I am controlled through medication, let's make it clear that there are people that have hundreds of seizures per day where it is not controlled. So this is a whole spectrum. This is a spectrum we're dealing with when you're talking about epilepsy. But my question for you is, Donna, what would you say is your greatest accomplishment? Um, I would I would guess it would be that my son, who is now 36, is able to live a productive life 
he's seizure-free, he's working, he's married, he's the father of my beautiful three-year-old granddaughter, Olivia, and there was a time when that word epilepsy just stuck in my throat, and I had a hard time saying it, and I couldn't ever dream that anything good could come from the terrible struggles this little boy went through, but because of that, because of that time in our lives, there are now thousands of kids with epilepsy, thousands of adults with epilepsy in Texas who have had a place to go for support, for information, and have access to services to help them deal with this condition. Yeah, and isn't that a great story? I mean, who would have ever thought... When this first happened to you, who would have ever thought, huh, Donna? Now, I remember somebody, I was in some class somewhere, and somebody said, you know, look at the terrible things that have happened to you and think of something good. And this was at a time when I was dealing with this daily, and I I could see no good in any of this. I, I just couldn't. But I realize now that, that there was good came because of this. And I, if, and I wouldn't wish that on anyone. If I had my choice, I wish he had never had a seizure in his life. Mm-hmm. And yet, look what happened. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know how you feel. Because, you know, look at me. I almost died, and I had brain surgery. And believe me, when they told me this, I, oh, it's just so horrifying. But, you know, it's how you deal with things in life. It really is. And with that, Donna, I wanted to ask you, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? Um, I, I would say that, that I hope everyone knows that epilepsy is a serious medical condition, and that is what it is. It's a medical condition. And so whether someone has had one seizure or a thousand seizures, I hope that he or she knows that there is hope for stopping those seizures, um, that there is hope by working with experienced, skilled, specialized physicians in the treatment of epilepsy, and that the Epilepsy Foundation is here to unite us in this fight to stop these seizures and to, to overcome all of the challenges and the obstacles that are created um, for families and for adults with epilepsy because they have this condition. I agree with you. I so agree with you. And, Donna, we're proud of you, and we want you to keep on fighting that fight for us. I, I love to get up in the morning and do it every day, Joyce. I look forward to it. Well, we love you, Donna, and we thank you so much for being with us on the show today. You know, Tony Quello, he says epilepsy is just part of who I am. But epilepsy is one of the reasons for the Americans with Disabilities Act. And with that, we'll close the show. I am so excited we had Donna on, and we will continue celebrating National Epilepsy Awareness Month next week with our Youth Council. This is Joyce Bender, a woman living with epilepsy, at voiceamerica.com. 
where disability matters Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Don't go away. Come next week. Stay with us. You're helping us make a difference. See you then. Bye-bye. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.